Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the PH Nutrition Podcast. Today I am excited to welcome back Adam Thompson, the owner of Zag Supplements and just an all-round amazing human being. Mate, how are you? What's been happening in your life at the moment? Well, it's, I mean, I mean, yeah, I need to think of that intro. I, I think I'll the podcast with you yeah. for a on that. Um, what's been happening? A lot. A lot of stuff has been happening. I think that's not, not that's quite normal because people speak to them and seem to have a yeah. lot of stuff. Very true. Very true. A lot of spinning plates, I feel. Uh, and uh, I suppose this kind of, you know, leads into the topic that we're going to be speaking about today in terms of high performance versus high performance. It's a difference. The nuances around it. I'm going to, we're going to try and break this down because I think a lot of the time that we, you know, we're all people that listen to this podcast, we're looking to try and be better. We're trying to go to that next level. We're trying to, to level up ourselves. And sometimes we can get a little bit kind of bogged down with, you know, what we should be doing and, you know, all of this type of thing. So, look, let's get into it, bud. And uh, let's try and let's just try and break things down a little bit. So, like, definitions of high performance, high performance. You got anything there that we can hit the listeners with? Yeah, and I think, look, there's obviously going to be loads of different definitions. But I think the way that I looked at high performance and tried to understand it with some of the people that were personal from my own personal experience is the ability to do things better faster more efficient or powerful than others right and starts to give you a notion of top level achieve gold medals first position second position third position and wanting to be that competitive person i think you have to also answer the question well what does a high performing individual look like because i think this is crux of the conversation we want to get into is performance versus performer versus elite performer versus elite performance because they're nuanced even though they're very very close in correlation i think a high performing individual is someone that delivers results much better than expected in a sustainable way leverages their unique performance yeah and that's really interesting because you can start to look at performance across the board then because you could take one person that's brings high performance in one area of their life it's someone that's delivering high performance in another area of their life and they can still be both high performing people yeah a whole host of circumstances and environments that mean that they are not necessarily equal in the way that they're delivering that high performance back to their and like, what works for you and it'll work for me yeah definitely I think that's a great definition and we often think for me, high performance is someone that is doing something athletic or running a business like a CEO or someone that's in really great shape. And actually, when we break that down, performance is personal. So personal to you. And if we can define that and then be like, are you performing well? Like, and, and I think a really good point that you put in that definition was sustainable. Like it's all well and good performing, doing high performance one day a week. Is that high performance? Yeah. Probably not, is it? Like it's just doing well on that day. And I think this is what we're going to try and break down to help you do that. Like to help 
you identify in your life, in your scenario, your how how do you perform your best to, to a high level? And I think yeah, often we get, we get we get a little bit. For me, in the space that I'm in, especially, we often think of high performers as people that just train well, that can lift weights, that can do fast times and workouts, that are in great shape. And I think unless you are that, we don't necessarily class people that are turning up four times a week and doing their class, even though they've got a lot of other stuff going on as high performers. I think people need to give themselves a bit of a pat on the back because there's a lot of high performers out there and maybe just hidden within within everything else. Absolutely. I think you've got to, I think you've got to contextualize it as well. If you look at the environment that we find ourselves in twenty twenty two, there's an opportunity for people to deliver high performance that possibly wasn't there quite ten years ago. So as a result people look to people that hold that stature society to say, I want to be them. I want to deliver results like them. There's a lack of understanding or situational context around how they're achieving that as well. So if you take yourself, for example, you're running a business, you're a father, you're competing yourself in events, you've got a relationship, you've got family to manage, and you're doing the schedule and logistical planning all of yeah. But when we look at some of the people that are delivering high performance on a world level, they're not doing all of there's teams behind them that are making sure that they're accountable, that they got the right level of awareness of how to perform, they're receiving the right feedback at the right time, their schedule being moved to accommodate rest periods. And so when you start down well, what's interesting for elite performance versus high performance, they're using totally different techniques that just wouldn't apply to the everyday person that might be perceived to you and I as a high performer because they're achieving better than expected results. So if you look at some of the elite level performers, what they will tend to do is execute like a ruthless consistency and discipline day in, day out. They'll use peaking techniques, which means prepare themselves ready for competition, but they're not able to maintain that level. It's unsustainable. We kind of like bring that. We actually can't learn from, because you can't say all of a sudden, Sorry, everything else is off. So got higher ups this weekend. You have to try and find a way to perform whilst doing all the bits yeah. and pieces that life requires yeah. you. To I can't. Right? Yeah, I can't, I'm just going to not work and not be a dad Thank this you. week because I've got an event this weekend. I just sack it all off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Babe, you can, you you take care of because I'm competing. Oh God, that goes. It might well. work for some people, but it might. It does not go damn well. Yeah. Yeah, I think that sometimes it, what's interesting is I see a lot of people that are spinning so many plates. We should get more recognition for the achievements that they are delivering than someone that's pure reason to be is to deliver form. I yeah. think we spoke about it in previous chat offline where we talked about looking at those people, those Taipei personalities, those kids that were top of the class, captain of their teams at school, et cetera, et cetera, and then struggled to transition into um, their careers because what they hadn't really realized was school and under their parents' household, a lot of yeah. stuff was done for them. It was provided for them. The schedule was created by school. The schedule was created by the sport that they did when their job yeah. was to perform. Then you get to become an adult and you get given all of the logistical yeah. stuff to do as well. And that's an energy consumption, yeah. right? That's, that's not possible for you to deliver every single day in the same way because life just... Mate, 100%. That is a very common thing that we see with the academy players and football teams because it's the same thing. They're, they're in digs. Yeah. Everything's cooked for them. You know, they, they, they turn up. There's a schedule. Here's when you train. Here's when you recover. Here's when your day's off. And when they transition into either yeah. the first team, like you say, away from digs away from family environment actually then you see what you would class then as the elite performers you got a lot of high performers and then that separation happens and that's often when you know the, the p- people that are at the top if they can stay at the top then they probably go on to be some of the best in the world but if 
we often see a bit of a shift in terms of those people that are maybe a little bit more aware, a little bit more uh, sure, and can then transition, like you say, into a, a, a more sustainable way of, you know, kind of maintaining elite performance. Very common, very, very common. And uh, you made a good point there about when elite performers are kind of uh, being, they, they, I think they're very selfish. You know, to be an elite performer, you've got to be extremely selfish. And a high performer is someone that probably isn't that because they're going to take on everything else. They're going to take on a job and family and friends and put all of these other things in place. So I think there's, a, there's when you said there's a lot of an overlap between the high performance and elite performance, I think there's a big separation between elite performance and, and uh, you know, kind of a high performer. We spoke about off camera just then, like the 1%. We often think, oh, like the top 1% of, you know, performers are elite. Where in actual fact, that isn't the case, isn't it? Like you had some, what did you read? Something about tennis code recently, and the, he was talking about how he differentiates it. Yeah, I read, yeah, I read something recently about things. Yeah, so originally, and he was saying, like, how do you decide who to work? These are high-performing coaches, right? They've not got to the level of able to teach elite performers being high-performing coaches, and they look to work with or this one person to work with the top point seven five percent of the one percent. It takes you a moment to get your head around. You don't think about that's a tiny, tiny fraction, one percent even. Yeah. So we we see it, don't we? Where people think, "Oh, I've made it," when they get into academies or they get to where they want to be. But the reality is where the hard work starts, because then the margin of difference between you and the person next smaller and smaller and yeah. smaller. I think it loops to another conversation that we've had, which is the choices that you make about not to do. Well, you're actively going to say, I'm going to do that in order to put my pure and undivided attention and focus on what I want. I think people on the podcast will have listened to or watched interviews with the Ronaldos of the world and looked at the setup, the structure that they put in their week. But it's more about things they won't do than the things that Definitely. they Definitely. We hear the word sacrifice all the time, don't we? Like if you ever hear an elite former yeah. talk, they go, what are the sacrifices that you've had to make to be where you are? And they do talk about that. You know, they do talk about, oh, I sacrificed going out as a kid. I sacrificed drinking with my mates and socializing, going to events, doing this and this and this. And, you know, and I got them there. Now, what, yes, you've got to, you have got to sacrifice and you have got to be willing not to do certain things. Uh, and there's a huge crossover between the things that you're willing to do. And I, I think, the thing is, is for most of the time, people are willing to do a lot. Okay. I think they're willing to do the training. I think they're willing to put the effort in. But like you say, I think it comes down to what are you willing not to do? And I think there's, there's a guy that I read about, Liam, Jerry Fletcher wrote a book about patterns okay. of high performance. And he talks about the difference between high performance and grinding yeah. performance. Nice. And I think a lot of people fall into the grinding yeah. performance. That feeling that people are prepared to do a lot, but they don't realize that the consequences that you're likely to probably become exhausted. So it doesn't go back to the definition we thought at the beginning about being sustained because people are not willing to sacrifice. Therefore, actually, more and more things on their plate still want super high level achievement that they see as possible because of the opportunities modern day living gives them. And I think it's really fascinating from a perspective to say, Okay, but actually, if you just started to sacrifice one, two, three percent of city in the week, I yeah. deliver for you. Yeah. I think a lot of times in CrossFit, people are not willing to take a rest day or take time off or follow a periodized, periodized training yeah. plan. Like in terms of what they're willing not. I think people, people that do CrossFit and want to get involved in this type of thing, I think they're willing to push themselves. They've chosen this type of exercise, you know, and. I think one of the things that they're not willing to follow you know, something that's going to help them progressively overload. And I think if they lend themselves to a grind it out mentality, no days off, that's what Nike tells us to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's on a t-shirt. That must be right. Like work harder, you know, all the time, no days off kind of thing. So I, I think yeah. that mentality is definitely something that prevents people from being a consistent high performer. Do we? 
I don't think I've got enough knowledge. I think in my experience, yeah, because I don't want to give that kind of process I learned when I was kid, yeah. which was just do more, right? But I think if I watch the best people, they are comfortable with deciding not to do things and trusting in their own yeah. ability. To your question, actually, which was, do you see any difference between men and women that you work with in terms of approach? Do you think there's an of sort of toxic at play for men that are just going to keep going and be harder and faster and fitter and stronger? Um, than I, I don't. I don't think there is. I think that the the way that the CrossFit has like, you know, been so great for empowering women and, and getting them to kind of lift weights and be stronger and you know not just oh the only thing that women do or the only female training programs are just you know going down the gym and being on the cardio machines. I think that actually there's not really that much of a difference between, between men and women that I've seen. I think there's a bit of a difference between sports, I think functional fitness side of things and kind of maybe in more individual sports, then people can kind of just continually think that they need to keep pushing. And when it's a team-based sport, I think there's a lot more of, you know, maybe it's the other way. Maybe we need to drag people to do a little bit more and actually kind of people are willing to do a little bit less because, especially if it's a skill-based thing, do you know what I mean? Like it's not just a, a physical output. And maybe that's why one of the reasons why people think that they can just keep doing more because actually you can always get fitter, you know, you know in, a, in a certain way. But with skill, obviously you can keep getting skill-dependent there. Skill, but a lot of the time the outcome is based on so many other things because give you some doesn't give you the ball or the freak goal or a deflection. Then what can you do about it? So I think then yeah, that's that's the kind of different differentiator there. Uh, yeah, for me. What about what about uh, psychology that you see that within people, high performing people as well? Because there's we can sort of discuss here too and I think one of the uh, things that's important for me and something that I'm trying to think more about is the way that people handle yeah. failure not achieving yeah. those results because we talked about consistently delivering best and expected results in order to get I think you have to accept that sometimes you're not going to therefore change the process or an approach or adapt yeah. I think that when you start to then bring in that elite level performance best people that I observe tend to be the people that they might recognize that they've not delivered what they wanted to do in that situation in race competition two hours later they've completely forgotten about that they've focused okay I now need to work on X, Y and Z it's time to move on whereas I think in my own experience sometimes I hold on too much because I was so desperate to achieve that result that it becomes a little bit of like a pain point for mm-hmm. me what do you what do you see in some of the bits that you work from the I, I definitely would echo the fact that people that are the you know real kind of top high performers, really elite performers, they are extremely good at identifying what they need to do to keep progressing, and they're not afraid to be very vulnerable and open with with that. But they, once they've decided it, that's it. It's tunnel vision. It's moving on. So, like, you know, that's, that's the diff, that, that's the thing. Otherwise, like you, I think you talked about it, this residue that can kind of happen. When I think sometimes the, the people that are just underneath are not actually, uh, they are elite performers, but they don't necessarily can, you know, continually kind of perform at an elite level. There's a separation because they can continually hold on to this, whether it's baggage, whether it's like an, an event that happened or I've always done that. And then that creeps back in. Say if they missed a penalty for whatever reason. You know, they would think, I know that, that they would always worry about that going into, oh, I've always, I've missed this penalty, I've missed this penalty before. Whereas a high performer and elite would go, okay, I missed that penalty, why did I do it? Okay, I need to shorten my run up. So I'm going to do this because I'm looking at it and I stutter or I, I don't take as many strides, for example. So then they, there's less error then. So instead of taking five strides and taking three strides, which then means I've got two less steps to think about something. So it's then bang, I'm doing it. And, they would go, cool, that's going to fix, yeah. that's going to fix that error of me missing a penalty because I've, I've made an intervention that's a positive intervention that's going to help me to kind of move forward. Boom. They won't remember the missed penalty because it was something that they're not doing now and they've just moved on. 
I think that is a real key thing that I've seen. And that can be from a nutrition perspective. That can be from a training perspective. It's like, I used to do this, but now I don't do it. And now I'm, this is what I do now. And they just, they just have this, they have this just forward focused all of the time. And when I talk, you know, when I think about taking what people do in elite level, and I think, you know, we spoke about it off camera and you can kind of jump in on this is that sometimes we, what we observe at the elite level isn't something that we can ever do. It's like irrelevant, but I want to distill it down and try to give people some of the habits, some of the traits and some of the things that I think can be kind of, you know, bled into our lives and that identification of what you need to work on, but then having a single mindless to kind of go like, right, this is what I need to kind of do. Leave the ego, be vulnerable and just kind of keep you like, you know, not, let's say not being afraid to fail, but kind of keep moving forward. James Clear, just before you jump in, James Clear had a really good quote. He said, you need to fail. What is it? What is it? I probably should have researched this. Uh, it was like, you need to fail enough. You need to win enough to keep moving forward, but fail enough to keep learning. Something like this. He was just like, yes. People say, oh yeah, you, you know, you got, you, you only learn if you're failing. But he was just like, it's quite demoralizing if you're not winning. Do you know what I mean? You've successfully, success leaves clues. So you've got to be winning enough to keep forward, but learning enough, to keep, you know, failing enough to keep learning. And I think for me, that's brilliant because, you know, like that's for me how people kind of do it. So, um, but yeah, like going back to learning from elite performers, we had something on this as well, like trying to distill it down. An interesting question I also have there, because you're working with people from so many different cultures and climates as well. Do you see differences in their approach to any failure, growth, performance within all teams? For example, if you brought a new approach or philosophy in the work you're doing, or across generations and ages yeah. as well, because each generation, I think we came up in a generation where everything was possible. And the result kind of want to grab everything right and you don't want to accept or less her that's my experience idea of getting comfortable with failure even though i've failed the thousands of times when i've not done the results that i believe that i could have done it's still because i feel like there's quite a lot of people out there that are also very comfortable with it okay cool i tried yeah. that and it didn't work out yeah like next and still forward but there's slightly different routes yeah. i think people they end up their environment and we've talked about environment as yeah. well don't think there's a difference between cultures i don't think there's a difference between maybe a little bit between generations but the the, the most successful people have a very similar thing like i spoke about there that, that it doesn't matter where they're from they could be bulgarian they could be greek they could be english they could be irish it doesn't matter like you know they have a they have a very similar mindset towards not being afraid of failure, but also making sure that, you know, they don't do the same mistakes, you know, multiple times and move, moving forward, which then helps to level up their performance. I think a generational thing is definitely starting to see. I think, like you say, having the exposure to so many different things and, and how it's changed recently. I'd have to give you more feedback on it over the next kind of, you know, five, six years of the next crop kind of coming through yeah, and, and seeing yes. that. Yeah, generational side of things, not too sure, but definitely not, not, not cultural. No, it's the same thing. Like we can say like, yeah, this is, it, it, it yeah. comes from the environment, you know, and if you, if you look at them, it's family environment, it's the teams that they've come up, you know, been exposed to throughout the coaches that they've been exposed to throughout. I guess the environment's such a big thing. And if we're looking about taking like what the listeners, like what you guys who are listening can take away from this conversation is what are we looking for to seek high performance within your personal journey, your personal setup and environment is one of the key pillars for me, Adam. Like I think it's so crucial. I talk about this all the time, you know, in my presentations, in, in, in our, in our programs, in you can have the best training and stimulus. You can have the best diet. You can have everything, but if your environment isn't conducive to helping you achieve your goals, you're going to constantly use willpower and it's a finite resource. And if you fighting against it the time, you will end up failing or you will end up 
delaying your progress because it's just going to be a constantly slow burner because you're just like you're using all this energy to resist this stuff. Whereas if you create an environment that, like you say, helps make your desired behavior the default behavior, then you're good. Do you know what I mean? You're, you're kind of good to go. And I think that's what a lot of high performers and big performers do. You know, they create the right, right environment for training, for home life, for community, for work. Like they put themselves around the people that help them to go and be, the, you know, like you said, the, the, the desired behaviors. They, these people are already doing these behaviors as opposed to people that are not doing behaviors. And then you have to be the anomaly and take it from this, which is really challenging to do. And so from your experience, how do you suggest a list that currently is in level management that's got a family that's also boundaries of competitions in whatever sport it is that they want to do, traveling, wanting holidays, wanting to party with a mate? How do you suggest that they start to change that environment in a sustainable way so that they can start to see improvements? Well, the first thing he needs to prioritize. If he wants to go and party with a family and run a business and be ripped, and do this there's not a priority you're just to be doing everything at a suboptimal level so he needs to prioritize a few things the number one thing i would be looking at that is there's a lot of spinning plates at a very high level so he needs to think what can i outsource or what can i streamline so i would be like from a nutrition perspective if you're doing that you then you're going to be earning decent though you've got to be streamlining and outsourcing your nutrition you've got to be doing something that you don't have to spend tons of time that's going to help you to fuel your body in a correct way because that is a lot of output. So fundamentals would be fueling yourself to a level to, you know, in an adequate way to get to this level. That's not training point of view. That's just functioning as a human being. But that is something that is a, not an easy fix, but it's a good fix that you will, will kind of take care of a lot of those things. Because he'll be in good shape. He'll be able to have an energy, like a high level energy across the whole day so he can function at work, but then he can go home and be a good parent. He can then also have the energy to go out the weekend rather than being like, I get the Friday and I just want to hibernate the weekend. So taking care of that nutrition, but he's got to prioritize it. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the start in that when we talk about the grind it out mentality and we talk about elite performers, elite performers don't grind it out 365 days a year, seven days a week at a higher level. They have times where they periodize things. They have times where they're off. They peak at that certain time. I, I wrote a newsletter about be more like a Premier League footballer. Whereas, you know, that's why they, they take off seasons. They take mid-season breaks. They don't train on the day, of, the day after a game or a heavy output. Whereas us nutters, we do crossfit competitions Saturdays and Sundays, and then on Monday we're doing max out back squats. Like we're mental. So, yeah, yeah what yeah. we need to look at is that I would say to this guy is like when I talk about priorities, maybe it's taking that bird's eye view and looking across the year. So if he's like, right, summer is when I'm going to party, okay, with my mates. So he needs to then making sure that cool, he's getting in shape for that. He's doing this. He's periodizing his work schedule so that he's put it in that work isn't super busy so he's not trying to spin this plate of being a parent doing this and running a business when he's away in vegas and whatever and then do you mean like it, it, it doesn't need to prioritize everything all of the time he needs to look at across the year and again like there's certain things that you can't just get rid of like he's a parent he's a, he's a wife he, he's a husband like he, he can't just get rid of that so for me trying to prioritize it is very selfish if he's trying to do all of those things at once he probably won't be functioning well he probably won't be a high performer in those he's trying to do everything so taking that step back that's for me listeners that's what i see very very often people trying to spin the plate at a high level all of the time and actually not about letting the plate drop it's just maybe about kind of just prioritizing a couple of them at certain times of the year because you're probably going to get more out of it and enjoy it a little bit than trying to do everything all the time. I think you're totally right. And do you know what I think connects to that for me personally is a need and a time in the week to actually yeah, mate, what I've achieved. And I need to do it on a weekly level because I skip over so much. And people there talking about separating a small are really communicating the right message for me. 
because what I tend to do in this sort of like a personality set is I focus on such unrealistic expectations or big, big, vicious goals, which usually I will grind it out to get there. I'm learning to adopt a performance mentality of doing a little bit less and stressing less in order to get there. But the cost of getting there means that the, the, the joy is not always there because I'm so focused on the big thing and having that moment to just reflect on okay but what i've achieved this week really relieves quite yeah. a lot of pressure for me i'm sure that there's quite a lot of people that are listening to they do the same thing i think sometimes it gets a little bit wishy-washy yeah journal but it doesn't yeah. need to be that great does it you know sometimes it's just going for a walk and, and just thinking about it setting the intention to do so you do this when you set some mood on your cycle yeah. you just spend some time thinking about what in the week People adopt these kind of great practices, and I think your email came out this morning about starting the day yeah. before, right, at 7 p.m. It's in that small way that we spoke about before about habit stacking and just building on those good practices. I think these are things that actually, even though they seem quite small, really tangible to people. It doesn't take that long to That's do. That's it. I think. And I'd be curious to know. That's cool, bud. Be curious to know. Cross Curious to know across a, a wider kind of spectrum of elite performers, how many of them are doing this day at this time mm. of practice? Might not be them, might be just a conversation that they're having with their coach. Know in the sport that I practice in most sport, the best one for the people I take in notes. Yeah. Think about how many laps I'm doing in a two or three endurance race, right? I can come back and for my stint, I can relay the information and recall quite a lot of detail. After I've gone back out for my second stint, some of that information I'm having to filter yeah. because I'm demanding my body to perform yeah. again. So there are different ways I think we can start to just alleviate for the body to hold so much whilst trying to yeah. perform. I know I've been guilty of yeah. doing that's it. That's a really good point, but like asking the body to hold on to so much all the time. You know, I don't journal and I never will, I don't think. And it's one of those things where, let's see, my newsletter was like on my whiteboard before I go to bed, I will write out. And it's sometimes it's one thing that I've got to do in the morning or that day, the next day. But as soon as it's out of my head, I'm like, cool. I know it. I know what I've got to do in the morning rather than getting in the morning and just being like, right, I'm up early. Well, this is what I've got to do. I just think that I think getting it out there, writing it down. And putting it somewhere, whether that's on your phone in the notes, whether it's on a voice note to a mate, mate, or your missus or your, your partner, or your husband or whatever, putting it out there, like you say, to get out of the body rather than holding onto it. And like, I've got to remember this. I've got to do this. I've got to think about this all of the time. Building in time of reflection, but then making sure that you write it down. Like I've spoken about, like I said, my, my things are writing it the night before, pretty much do that kind of four or five days a week. And I'll email my future self. I know people that maybe read my newsletters. Yeah, email so email your future self, like free mops. Because when you get that little email at free mops, what it is, is it's a, it's a reminder to reflect again. And you said about building in this time to go on a walk with no podcast. Okay. I know you're listening to a podcast now, which is a good thing because you listen to our podcast. However, sometimes don't do it. Just go for a walk without any technology and just think. Because this is the time. People ask me, why do I still cycle to the CrossFit in, in the rain? I'm like, it's my time just because it's built in 15 minutes, 10 minutes mm. each way. I just kind of think, and often the cases I think of ideas of posts or, or an article I want to write, a video I want to do, or how I'm going to change this. And so because it's that time where I can't listen to anything and there's no other distraction apart from cars and, you know, crazy pedestrian. But, um, that's the time that I think building it in and like you said there, mate, that's a really good point. You've got to write it down there, put it there in there for people to listen to. Well, I think I've learned it the hard <laughs> way as well for yeah. myself. I realized that, you know, I get to a point where my decision making was yeah. becoming fatigued. I think that's because we're making decisions all the time quite subconsciously, the yeah. mind consciously. And the amount of stimuli that we see day in, day out, if I'm holding things in my head, I'm not yeah. myself to perform. Well, I test that I want to, but also I'm not thinking because I'm yeah, dropping yeah, things yeah. that I'm filtering 
to be less important, those practices become, when they become more regular and they become more ingrained into your behavior, you can start to see how buckets start to leak, almond mm-hmm. buckets starts to leak, right? I think that's all these small things that we're trying to look at in order to support and facilitate people through, through change, right? I think there's this notion we've probably spoken about before is this seems like a big, scary task, right? I need to change. People can run away from it a little bit. If you adjust to build it by brick, by bit, step, done, yeah. right? And working out the process of what are the major things I need to or want to change and how do I break them down into micro goals? Build yeah. that for the way that we've spoken before about nutrition. Yeah. and getting the basics and then layering on it as well. Definitely. So um, I think that's really important. Yeah. And I think the other thing that, to, to move on, but it keeps coming back to me, and I, sure, I want to make sure that we actually speak about it as well, is how we can take lessons from mums, right? I see mums as like sibling unsung heroes because if you think about the amount that they are organizing, doing, wanting to achieve for themselves, there's, there's probably a higher load on them than most other people. So they, there, there are real lessons there. And when we then look at bodily processes, women have to go through each the cycle that they experience. There are women that are achieving unbelievable feats performance. There's something that I think we can all tap into there. What is it that they're doing? How are they regulating that and all of the work that they're doing at the same time? And what can we as men learn about? Is it that we will say, all right, in a, a week within the month, and we know we just taper down the training a little bit. Or is it that we need to be more in tune yeah. with our bodies? They answer the question, but I think there's a really yeah, interesting I'm, question. Mate, I, just to echo that, like you say, mums are they're probably some of the highest performing individuals that we see and we work with, for sure. And I definitely think as men, like you say, it's. I, I did men's health talks recently, and because women have the menstrual cycle, the symptoms of these things are, are quite pronounced. Whereas men, we are told to man up. We are told to suppress these. We are told to just get on with things. And that's what we do as men, as men, you know, and I think sometimes just being a bit more vulnerable and a bit more open is probably going to be a good thing for us. And yeah, I, I think we do need to learn from, from women to be maybe kind of opening up and asking for a little bit of help at certain times or or being aware of the symptoms that we're that we're experiencing you know whether that's fatigue tiredness bloating whatever and and then addressing it i think that's what women are fantastic at you know they're very aware the bodies are very aware of their symptoms and you know i think that's definitely something that we can do but from a performance point of view yeah like talking about kind of people doing lots of things i think you say parents are probably the people or the, the group of people that we see that are having so much in their head from a decision point of view that it's just crazy you know like you you know you say you're a parent like the amount of things that you have to think about and when i look at people that are higher performers like especially in the gym you know, usually, like what we class as it, they're single individuals. You know, they they can train for two hours a day, go home, and and re- and recover properly, as opposed to, okay, now I've got to I've got to climb around a soft bay for forty five minutes in and out of like tunnels and getting up and down things. And lifting. I mean, my son's thirteen kilos. I've got to lift him up. Like the amount of times I'm doing that, like a day. You know, it's just hard work. So I like you said. I think we need to kind of look back and be like, look, performance is personal. You just need to be making sure that you are giving yourself a pattern. Hopefully using some of these strategies today, be able to kind of like look at your environment, look at the things that you can maybe do in terms of reflection. I think that's a big point that you, that you made there. And, uh, and, and helping yourself to move forward. I, I talk about well, Adding to that as well, Liam, like in the reflection piece as well, I think one of the points that I find really important is Having that, giving yourself the permission yeah. to shift yeah. your structure or the yeah. schedule in the week, right? There's one thing reflecting and being like, what did I do well this week? What am I happy with? What are my achievements? But if you set out and you give yourself a structure and you want to be consistent, actually, you're just feeling off. How can I still deliver that performance that I want? 
the should be a question that then facilitates well maybe i need to ship this training oh, time God, yeah. to this time or maybe i need to support this training to different intensity or maybe i need to increase my supplementation or maybe i need to change the carbohydrate intake or water etc etc et and giving people this ability oh, you, you can still get the end result even if you change your approach in that period because you're being in tune with your body sleep is another massive one right like if you're tired, why not give yourself permission to say, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to stay long. I think people get so fixed into the approach that some give themselves. Yeah, I agree, day. mate. Just on that, you was like shifting your schedule, shifting your focus. It's what Premier League footballers do. I know I keep banging on about this. It's what elite athletes do. They have ser- their period of pre-season where the type of training is something they do for six to eight weeks. They don't do that for the rest of the year. They don't do that. Then they shift to a different type of training. What happens? Their diet, their, their pattern change, you know, the supplementation changes. And again, when they go into the winter period, when they, again, again, happen, training changes. When we've got a period where the kids go back to school and everything's like a little bit more calmer, maybe because you had get a bit of a break. That's maybe the time for you to go, do you know what? I'm going to invest in myself here and have any eight weeks where I'm going to prioritize my training and get back in shape after the summer holiday. But trying to do that when you've got three kids at home who are all bouncing off the wall because it's summer holiday, probably not the right time. So identifying that I think is a really key thing that people need to kind of do and put the pressure on themselves to try and do everything at the time. Like you say, these fundamentals, I think that's the key thing. Like from a, from, from Zag's point of view, what do you, you know, we're trying to, and pH nutrition point of view, what are we trying to do? We're trying to, for me, highlight areas that are just so crucial for so many things and helping people to achieve this simply in, in a simple, sustainable fashion. You mentioned sleep. We talk about sleep a lot. Like, again, why are you thinking that you need to get up at 5 a.m. to do the 5.30 CrossFit class or go for a run before you go and do a 12-hour day? when you've already done it four times this week and actually you're knackered and then all you do is you overstimulate yourself to get through it so you have a ton of caffeine you you go and get the run done then you just kind of plod through but you don't actually improve your fitness because there's no progressive overload because you're so tired that you just end up just getting it done and then it affects your work performance it affects your home performance your home life as opposed to just sleeping in an extra an hour and a half ability to injury yeah, yeah. An extra hour and a half sleep probably gonna make you go man i crush work today feel good do you know what I mean and then your next session is gonna be even better like that's the kind of thing it's not saying do keep doing less yeah you know, being working a bit smart i think that's what we're trying to do like make it simple to be yeah absolutely i think i think ultimately if we were to kind of group it into a phrase we're trying to support and facilitate change for people in a simplistic way Right. And that starts with the way that I wanted to create a single sachet of supplementation that was easy to take. It was high dose. It was very effective and you could see results quickly. Yeah. And then around that, it's about giving people time frames. It's about people giving references. It's about creating little moments that people can add into an already busy routine that would take away anything. And it's not asking someone to then all of a sudden go and do an eight hours of something it's something that can just be adopted into the normal routine that they operate yeah. with and i think that's really critical because anything that is going to have any serious requirement or energy expenditure onto someone's going to fail before it starts what's really interesting about that then is it opens a conversation as to how to do that and how do you make sure that it's applicable to to everyone or how to give people an opportunity try it in a way that is easy for them to adopt for a certain period of time and before they can understand that help to it yeah one of the things that we're looking at in january is creating a series of two-week challenges to go alongside taking supplementation for two weeks and you do a series of morning mobility work to improve the how does that make you feel in your body how does that maybe help you wake up there's concepts in the breath work space, which is obviously becoming more and more popular, called peristalsis, which is how nutrients are absorbed. We can 
people to do a series of exercises four minutes, four minutes while they take supplementation, help those nutrients to absorb. What feeling do you have afterwards? Do you feel more energized and ready to go? If we can then start to understand within your intuitive feeling or that you're seeing from your health monitor, your sleeping, your quality is better. Do you need to sleep longer or do you just need to make sure that you adopt different practices yourself yeah. for when you yeah. want to sleep? We've, we've been putting some content out on social recently and it's not our content. We're just curating what I think is the most interesting content of people that are perceived to be high performers, high achievers. And the ones that perform really well are the ones where we're talking about optimizing yeah. their routine, how they prepare for sleep, why sleep's a superpower, what mindset is Michael Phelps, who posted this the other day, that had adopted the guy won 28 Olympic medals, 23 gold. Yeah, mad, didn't it? Yeah. Unbelievable, mad. right? So, variety of things out there that I think people have at the fingertips. It's about the we people in a way that is easy to integrate into their really busy lifestyle, like you said, throughout the call. Yeah, amazing stuff, mate. I think I'm looking forward to being involved in the uh, in the stuff that you do in January. Like you said, the, the reason why we're kind of starting to kind of get aligned with, with Zag and, and you do with a lot of our clients and being involved in, uh, in in further development is that it's such a unique product that so people, I think, are requiring these days, this day and age, this generation, we need this support. And I think it's pretty exciting, pretty exciting stuff that's coming coming on. So like I said, we, we're just looking to help people. We're looking to help people to go to that next level, to perform, you know, well in whatever environment that they're in, whatever they're wanting to achieve. And it's not about yeah. doing something that think that you need to do to be an elite performer is about trying to you know be a better human be a better husband be a better wife be a better trainer just go to that little bit of a next level but like you say do it in a, in a way that isn't going to cause too much stress so i think it's really good i think it's a really i'm really excited mate about the the future of zag i think it's an incredible product seen some amazing results for our clients and you know you say that there's a lot of crossover between what we're trying to do habit building as well so it's not the thing that i love is that so supplement companies, it's just like you're looking at such a massive holistic approach to it as opposed to here's 30 days, see you later, and, and then that's it. Like, yes, you've got a two-week trial, but then it goes into six-month or monthly rolling or whatever. Like, that's all to come, but it's just such an incredible kind of, let's say, way to approach it, and that's what I'm excited about getting involved in. So, uh, mate, wicked, great stuff. This is where this conversation mm, came yeah. from, right? Like we were trying to understand, like, well, but for me, one of the big questions is, how do we help people perform when they or that they want to perform at, or yeah. that sustain, right? There's a belief, a hypothesis that at some point we have the right source of nutrients in our bodies or the right levels of energy in order to take on the new challenges, tasks, situations that we want to be in, and so if we can get people to that situation. We can start to help them adopt these different practices as small as they may be. What might they go on to achieve? Yeah. What might they produce? And how might feed the whole cycle for people to, to, to adopt new things or try things? I think there's a curiosity as to how do we achieve more performance than we've already got, opposed to working hard, working smart. And so when you look from a from a supplementation perspective, it was really about trying to understand, okay, but what do your body actually need? Hence, we talk about the general adaptation syndrome and increasing your body's ability to resist stress and therefore requires not just vitamins, but nootropics and, and, and researching how they work together. When you take it, what, what happens if you're over a certain weight or your strain is super high versus quite low? Do you need to take it for Possibly not, right? It's a good reference program for about six months and come off where your natural baseline is whether you need to go back on it or whether you need to go back on it in yeah. a few months or whether you need to change the supplementation that you need I think supplementation companies should be afraid to say in that either right like it's not about having you as a customer for your lifetime it's about how can I help you in your different yeah. moment so it's really fascinating to me because and so much about 
not just for the business, but for my own personal, right? Like being able to have a sort of like an inquiry into groups of people and how they operate, I think is different. Yeah, amazing, what a what a conversation! I thought it was fantastic. I think it's a, it's an incredible topic to be speaking about because we're all looking to be better. And hopefully, you know, you guys, the listeners, we're trying to to say make things simple, break things down, and lay some fears as well. I think a lot of people can get a little bit worried about having to do certain things or needing to do certain things to get to the next level. And actually, I think way too much pressure on themselves sometimes. And maybe all need to just give us a little bit of self empowerment sometimes. And be like, look, do you know what? I'm doing all right here. You know, I'm doing pretty good. And, you know, something that we build in is the Mini Win Wednesday on our program. We call it every Wednesday. People post, post to their coach little mini wins. You say, we need this in there. You need to be giving yourself a pat on the back because look, you're doing, you're probably doing a lot of really good things more than you're actually aware of. And it's just about making these small changes to the things that need adjusting and being sensible with your body. Supplying with the right food, supplying with the right nutrients, improving the, the fundamentals such as sleep and digestion and these types of things and helping to manage stress. And hopefully then we can get to that next level, whatever that may be for you. So, mate, absolutely superb stuff. I love it. I love it. I love having you on the podcast. We talk all day, but people haven't had to spend. We're not, we're not Joe Rogan yet. So we're not three hours deep. So, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cap, we'll cap it there. Oh, at 50. Should be even more than <laughs> But I think you should also invite people, like, tag, like hashtag Mini Win Wednesday yeah. and tag PH Nutrition. See what people are actually achieving. Yeah, it's, it's something that we need to we need to bang the drum for a little bit more. Adam, thanks so much, buddy, for spending your time. And uh, yeah, guys, yeah, any, well anything you need from um, a nutrition perspective, then obviously come over to phnutrition.co.uk. But head over to Zog's Zag Supplements, then AAG Supplements.com. Uh, and just check out their, their Instagram. It's from, let's say, some fantastic information. Get on their newsletter as well. That's some really good stuff sent out every Sunday. And uh, you need just add them a message because they've got some really cool stuff. And hopefully you can come along to the events in January and face uh, there. But thanks so much for listening to the podcast and uh, please rate subscribe send it to everyone if you like it and uh yeah anything you want us to cover in the future just let us know thanks so much for listening guys and have a wonderful day hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.